what you do during the day is definitely going to impact how you sleep at night and how busy your mind is at night. So I like to start with even in the morning, instead of waking up to that alarm clock, like we talked about, which puts you in stress mode because your body's going to release cortisol at that time. You know, I suggest waking up naturally and taking some time to yourself to start the day instead of just jumping into it. So having some sort of morning routine with self-care can really help you just start the day off with those lower cortisol levels. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 678. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton. And today we're going to have a super important conversation. If you've been listening since the very beginning, you may have listened to episode number five, which was why I don't want you to listen to me and why you need to go to sleep. Something along that lines, we are now on episode 670 something. So thinking back to the exact title of episode number five is beyond, (laughs) it's beyond what I can do this very second. But the whole essence of that show was that sleep is so important. And that is exactly what our guest today, Martha Lewis, discusses in her business, the complete sleep solution. Martha, I am so happy to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I love it when people are passionate about sleep, like I am. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but I've gone through two very serious bouts of sleep deprivation in my life, both in the last 10 years. And they were both somewhat tied to me being an entrepreneur. The first one was in 2008 when I was working a full-time job outside of my home. Then I was trying very unsuccessfully to build a business at night. So I would put the kids to bed and work in my business from about eight o'clock at night to three or four in the morning. And then I would turn around, get up at four o'clock or five, get ready for work and drive the hour each way. And I ended up being admitted to the mental hospital for both, I would have to say sleep deprivation, but also for neglecting self-care in a variety of other ways. And then in 2016, I went through another serious bout where I was not admitted to the mental hospital, but I know that it was very much tied to sleep deprivation because again, I was sleeping two to three hours a night for 18 months. And I see this so um, much with high achievers, which I know is very much what you see, but how did you get into this? Well, I got into this because of my own sleep struggles. Mm -hmm. So I initially became a sleep consultant for babies after my son wasn't a good sleeper and inspired me enough by working with someone to become a sleep consultant myself. And then the ironic thing was, is that even after he was sleeping through the night, I still wasn't sleeping. And so I would you know, go to bed and take forever to fall asleep. And then I would wake up at three or four in the morning and not be able to go back to sleep until it was six in the morning and time to get up for the day. So by this point, I still had a full-time job. I had started my business as a baby sleep consultant. I had a young baby and I wasn't sleeping and I was miserable. That sounds like a big train wreck. Yeah, exactly. Uh So luckily, 
I did my baby sleep certification through Dana Obelman, who also offered an adult sleep certification. And so about a year ago in January 2019 was when I decided to take that certification. And I was pretty skeptical that it would help because I already knew a lot about sleep, but it totally did. And I needed to make multiple changes to get back to sleeping how I used to, which is great 99% of the time. I love hearing the transformation. And also, I love hearing that there is a program for adults because before you, I had no idea. I mean, I have five kids, so I've heard plenty about sleep training, sleep coaching, whatever they put after sleep for babies. And I was always very skeptical about that, but I didn't know that it was even out there for adults. Yeah, well, I think it's become such a problem now with literally a third of Americans not getting enough sleep every night that, you know, and some of that is not prioritizing sleep. Like you talked about kind of burning the candle at both ends and just not getting sleep. And then for a lot of people, they actually struggle to sleep. Like they want to sleep, but they can't, more like my story. So it's such a problem now that luckily, I think more and more people are coming out who can help with that. Well, I do want to say that even when I was not pushing myself to stay awake, that I would go to bed and I would toss and turn all night due to the stress of my to-do list and concerning myself with what I had to do the next day. Did I forget to do something today? What if this happened? What if this happens? So I would toss and turn all night and it wouldn't only make my sleep miserable or non-existent, but it was affecting my husband's sleep as well. Right. I'm sure. He's like, do you have ants in your pants or something? Like, seriously, just stay still. (laughs) I had to give him props. He never actually said that, but if I could read his brain, that would be exactly (laughs) what he was saying. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But I heard more than a few sighs and just like, pulling the blankets, rolling over, trying to get back to sleep himself. And I would hear him snoring and I would be like, oh, I wish I could do that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've been there. So what were some of the tips that you learned for yourself that helped you establish a healthy sleep pattern again? Well, for me, it was changing my schedule a little bit. So we all have a genetically based chronotype or circadian rhythm. And I was actually trying to go to bed too early because I was so exhausted. So it helped for me to actually move my schedule later and go to bed a little bit later. I also needed to change what I was eating and the timing of when I was eating things, like especially chocolate, I found would wake me up at that three or four o'clock hour. And I also had to start exercising every day, which Before having a baby, I was very active. And then after having him, I wasn't able to be as active. And so a lot of days, if I didn't exercise, I would just write it off and not do anything. But I needed to at least go for a walk every day. And and I think that had a lot to do with it too, is we need to move every day. So those were just some of the changes I made at that time that helped me a lot. This is the first year, I mean, as of the time of this recording, we're three and a half months into the year. You do the math. I don't, it's irrelevant, but I have not had a soda yet this year. And Good for you. I have never made it this far without having a soda. Mountain Dew goes through my house like, like it's going out of style. 
like you better drink it now before it's no longer available. <laughs> and I just refuse to touch it. And I've noticed it's like snap. I mean, my head touches my pillow and I am out. And I've also cut back significantly on the coffee. I need to give a disclaimer to our listeners though. I did not do it all at one time. I have learned my lesson not to cut out all caffeine at one time because when I've done that in the past, raging headaches for like three days, I felt like I had the flu. So I don't recommend that. Martha, what's your thought on cold turkey caffeine? Well, it's different for everyone, but I've had the same experience as you where I I recently gave up caffeine completely and switched to decaf first. And so that was a big transition. And then even just going off decaf, I had the same thing as you where I felt like I had the flu uh-huh. and it kind of was on and off for a couple of weeks before I finally detoxed completely. Whereas my husband just decided to give up caffeine for January and experienced no adverse side effects at all by going cold turkey. So it's different for everyone. Women do tend to be more sensitive to that for sure. Well, yeah. I also gave up alcohol at the end of last year. So I never had hangovers, which I know many people were jealous of. I could, I'm not proud of this. (laughs) <laughs> but I am proud of it. Like I, I could get ridiculously drunk again. I'm not proud of that, but I am. And I know that sounds totally ridiculous, but I wouldn't have a hangover the next day. So I'm just jealous of people who, who can go off caffeine, but I, I hope to never have to go off caffeine again. Like this has been quite the journey. I need to say though, I am still on one cup of coffee a day, but that's down from three or four cups of coffee and three or four Mountain Dews to one cup of coffee and no decaf in there whatsoever. So yeah, that's awesome. That's a huge difference. Yeah, huge, ginormous difference. But what yeah. I've noticed is I don't need it to stay awake anymore. And I've also changed, I can't say I've changed my whole meat eating habits. Full disclosure, we had McDonald's earlier this week. I did not eat the French fries, but I did enjoy my Big Mac. I know it's totally unhealthy. But In my family, that was maybe the second time we've had McDonald's this year, where in the past we ate it a lot more. I mean, it was a lazy meal. Right. And just by eating healthier and not eating all like the drudgery food, there's got to be a better word for it than that. I don't need the caffeine to stay awake. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I feel so much better without it, for sure. I had to train my husband though. I just need to put that out there. I don't cook, I burn. So my husband does all the meal preparation. And when it came to lunchtime, he was giving me a lot of heavy carbs. And I got so tired of sandwiches, like lunch meat sandwiches. I just said, you know, I'd like a break. Can I have salads? But I put off asking him for such a long time because I didn't want to hurt his feelings because I'm so appreciative that he makes me lunch that I didn't want to hurt his feeling. He's like, how long have you felt this way? I was like, a little while, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings. He's like, yeah, but I'd rather have you enjoy what you eat. And I feel like so many times we, even when it comes to being in bed and having outside circumstances, you know, loud noises from family affect us. We feel bad to ask for things that could support us and deal with it when it, is really detrimental to us and our mental health or our physical health in the process. Yeah, definitely. So how are you working with clients today? 
Well, one thing I haven't mentioned is that most recently this past fall, I was able to take a certification through Christine Hansen of Sleep Like a Boss, and that involves testing for underlying health issues that affect sleep. Because even after my first certification, I always had this thought in my head, like, what if someone really has something serious going on? You know, what I've learned so far isn't going to be able to help them. So I'm really excited to offer uh, different lab tests that look at gut health and hormones and thyroid and all of those things that we don't think about that affect sleep, but they totally do. And so... Can I pause you for a second? Yeah. So the... The part of my self-care that I was really neglecting before I went into the mental hospital was my thyroid. Mm. I've been hypoactive since birth, and I hadn't been taking my medication. Mm. I don't even want to say how long it had been, because I don't know. But I didn't realize the importance of taking my medication. So when they admitted me, Listeners, your thyroid has to do with your metabolism. I'm not a doctor. I never want to be a doctor. So if you're really (laughs) curious about what a thyroid does and you don't know, I would say go to Google. But what I know is that it affects metabolism. Like I would get really brittle nails. My skin would become really pasty. My hair would fall out. I would just be chronically tired. I would gain weight even though I wasn't hungry and therefore wasn't eating. But I hadn't taken my medication and your TSH or your thyroid stimulating hormone, I think it should have a level between 0.1 and 0.2. Again, don't quote me on this. I'm not the doctor. And mine was 158. Wow. So when I got in there and I'm just sharing this all because it's so important to be in tune with our own health and our own self-care, they didn't look like, yes, they acknowledged my thyroid and made sure I was back on my medication, but they treated me for the depression rather than the sleep or the thyroid. So they didn't ask me how much I had been sleeping. They just put me on three antidepressants. Wow. Can you address the thyroid some more? I mean, to the best of your ability, I I don't expect you to be a PhD either, but I'm so curious because this is the first time I've heard about this. Yes. Well, being either hypothyroid or hyperthyroid definitely is going to affect your sleep. Also, like 80% of the clients I work with also have autoimmune thyroid Hashimoto's. So that's where the thyroid gland or your body is attacking itself by attacking the thyroid gland. And so, you know, that's obviously going to affect you in all the ways you're talking about too, your symptoms, but also in your ability to sleep. And many basic lab tests only look at TSH, for example, or only look at T4, and T4 has to be converted to T3 to, for the body to use it. And so you pretty much need to look at the whole picture of the thyroid. To, and it's very complex for sure. <laughs> and I still have a lot to learn. But, you know, so if I find someone who does show that they have thyroid antibodies, for example, then I'm telling them to go talk to their doctor or to someone else. But that can be a main reason why someone isn't sleeping. That is a huge mind blow for me. Yeah. Huge. Huge. And again, they never even addressed my sleep when I was in the mental hospital. Yeah. I think that's such a disservice. Yeah. That could have been the cause of your depression as well as the thyroid, you know, like all of these things are connected. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, just putting on antidepressants is not getting to the root cause of what's causing that. Right. Well, so when I, 
went into my anxiety and depression in 2016, I had a very spiritual experience. And let's just say that after that experience, I started sleeping again. So I learned how to walk away from my computer at the end of the day. Can I say that I've done that every single night since? Heck no. When I'm in the, (laughs) you know, when I'm deep into a project or doing a launch with my clients, I work way too much and I will fully admit that. But I know that sleep is very important. So things can wait. And I want all listeners to remember that Rome wasn't built in a day. You don't need to get your, you know, your empire built tonight and you will have a much clear mind if you sleep tonight and you'll be able to work with much more effectiveness and much more productivity tomorrow if you just get some sleep. So if you're exhausted right now, if your eyes can barely stay open to be listening to us, please just push pause and come back. And yeah, we'll still be here waiting for you. (laughs) But giving myself that grace and that freedom to sleep has been life changing. And I'm not going to say that I've not had any, you know, issues with anxiety or, or depression since then. We've had life circumstances that really did affect that, but nothing to the extent of what I went through then. And not even measurably close. Yeah, that's great news. I mean, if you want to get into productivity, it's cool that more and more studies are being done about sleep deprivation and how it affects us in every way. But, you know, there are studies being done on how it affects productivity. So I'd love to discuss that some more. Would you mind diving in? Yeah. So like one recent study compared people getting eight hours of sleep versus less than seven and found that they are, the sleep deprived group was three times more likely to experience lapses in concentration and twice as likely to make placekeeping errors. So that means it's harder to stay focused and efficient. And if you do get distracted to come back to what you were doing. So I would actually argue that, you know, staying up an hour later and missing an hour of sleep to get more done isn't going to serve you because the next day you're going to be less productive. So you're, you know, it, it just cancels it out. So I would suggest, you know, getting sleep instead and knowing that you will be able to be more productive the next day. I was finding that I was having to redo the work that I had been trying to do the night before. Right. Because I was making so many mistakes. And that just wasn't serving me because I'm not going to charge my clients twice because I did it wrong. No. So not only did I not get the sleep I needed, but... I'm not getting paid for the extra work I'm doing, which was my own fault anyway. Right. And then you're doing it twice. And (laughs) yeah. So I have found, I know there's a small portion of the population that supposedly doesn't need more than an hour or two of sleep a night. I'm not honestly sure that I believe that, but let's just go with it. I have found that when I fall asleep on my own and I don't have an alarm set, Normally, I wake up at about six hours later, completely wide awake and unable to get back to sleep. I'm ready for the day and I go to it. When I sleep eight hours a day, this is just me personally, I wake up with a headache. And when I sleep longer than that, oh, it's it's, it's like another bout of the flu. Like I would rather just stay in bed and nurse my head when I've overslept. What have you seen with your clients as far as too little, too much, just right. 
Well, again, everyone is different. The recommended amount of sleep per night is seven to nine hours. So that's, you know, a two hour variable because we're all different. So I would say if you're feeling good after six hours of sleep, then that's great. I mean, usually the recommendation is again, that seven hours because they found that getting less than that does put you more at risk for all kinds of different diseases like uh, heart disease and diabetes and depression and Alzheimer's. But there is something called the short sleeper gene that's recently been found that there are some people who can get, you know, four, five, six hours of sleep a night and not suffer these ill health effects. But, you know, the percentage of the population that that is, is like less than 1%. Okay. So it's, it's very small. But yeah, I, you know, I have clients who say, oh, I want to sleep eight hours a night. And once we get them sleeping better, they're fine at seven or seven and a half. And so that's what's most important is how you feel the next day. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. Okay, so there's no like magical test. And I don't mean this to be sassy. Please know that. <laughs> I was just wondering if there's like a a tool that helps us find our sweet spot. Or is it just trial and error, seeing where we feel good, where we don't, reflecting on what's going on in our life? Because all of that plays into itself, you know? Yeah. I mean, the ideal is to go to bed at the same time every day. And wake up naturally without an alarm clock. Mm -hmm. And if you do that every day, then you're sleeping the right amount you need. Okay. If you have been missing out of sleep for a long time and you want to find out your ideal, like it's great to do that during vacation, for example, when you mm -hmm. can for a week not wake up to an alarm clock. And so the first few nights, you're probably going to sleep longer because you're catching up on sleep. And then toward the end of the week is when you'll probably find your sweet spot. Mm. But Again, the ideal is not waking up to alarm clock because if you're in the middle of a sleep cycle and you're interrupted in that, that's when you get that grogginess, hangover, you know, hungover kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't get to finish that sleep cycle. So this past weekend, I went to a conference and I drove from Ohio to Orlando and this was it was good and bad. Let me just put it that way. It was awesome because it was 16 hours in the car with me, myself, and I, and no kids telling me what they need and what they want and how each other is bullying each other. Okay. So it was a dream in that way. Right. On the flip side, I drove through the night through the hills of Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, and I was absolutely, oh, and it was pouring rain. Oh. So by the time I got to Orlando, I was beat. I did 
I did stop for a half an hour, but in that half an hour, my mother and sister were texting me to find out how I was doing. And I, I just decided this is, this is pointless. I'm just going to keep on going. So I got there, registered myself at the conference, went back up to my room, planning on just getting cleaned up to go back down for the night's events and sat down on the bed. This was 6.30 at night. I don't even remember laying down. All I remember is waking up the next morning at 6.30. Wow. <laughs> so I felt a little bit ashamed, embarrassed to tell people I slept for 12 hours last night. And then I, it occurred to me, why am I embarrassed? I had been awake since six o'clock, you know, the morning before and didn't get to sleep until 18 hours. No, 36 hours later. Oh my goodness. So there's no reason to be embarrassed for sleeping and getting the self-care that I needed, especially going into a conference. I mean, I'm not a hypochondriac. I just need to put it out there. But how about putting exhaustion and stress like that in a room of who knows what germs are out there? That just seems like a huge magnet to me. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) And then I did the same thing when I came back. I mean, I, I drove, I got up early-ish, had to speak, and then I drove through the night to come home. And it was the same type of thing. I ended up sleeping for 12 hours. And I got to say that when I got back, I didn't feel guilty. So to the listener who feels guilty for getting the sleep that you deserve, please don't. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. What are some recommendations that you have for quieting a busy mind? that cannot fall asleep. Yes. Well, what you do during the day is definitely going to impact how you sleep at night and how busy your mind is at night. So I like to start with even in the morning, instead of waking up to that alarm clock, like we talked about, which puts you in stress mode because your body's going to release cortisol at that time. You know, I suggest waking up naturally and taking some time to yourself to start the day instead of just jumping into it. So having some sort of morning routine with self-care can really help you just start the day off with those lower cortisol levels. And then taking breaks throughout the day. So even just five or 10 minutes every 90 minutes or so to you know, step away from your desk or sit in your chair, close your eyes, do some deep breathing or go walk outside in the sunshine. You know, doing that every 90 minutes, again, is going to help lower those cortisol levels. Because if your cortisol levels are high all night or all day, they're going to be high into the night and you want pretty much zero cortisol in your body at night. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Like what is the cortisol then what is affecting the sleep at night? Yes, it is. Mm. Exactly. So yeah, cortisol, as you may know, is one of our stress hormones. And it kind of has a bad rap, but it's a very necessary hormone that helps if, you know, it's part of our fight or flight response. So I live in the mountains in Jackson, Wyoming. And so I like to talk about if a bear is chasing you in the mountains, your body's going to release cortisol as well as adrenaline and epinephrine and and all these hormones that are going to help you literally fight or flee from that bear. But your body doesn't know the difference between being chased by a bear and being stuck in traffic and constantly running late and getting in an argument with your spouse. Like all those things cause that same kind of stress response with those same physiological things that happen to your body. And 
So again, if that's happening all day long, it's going to be really hard for your cortisol to lower at night when it's time for bed. And cortisol also suppresses melatonin, our sleepy hormone. So if you are, you know, then we can get into what to do before bed. Like that's why it's also key to have a bedtime routine that ideally doesn't involve screens at least 30 minutes or an hour before bed to let those cortisol levels lower, let your body produce melatonin so that you can sleep well at night. I think one of the final keys to me that I needed to stop watching movies, we don't have cable. And so my thing is was movies for the longest time or shows that I could watch on Netflix or what have you. But one of the final keys that I could not be doing that right before bed was that my kids introduced me to The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I started dreaming about zombies because it oh, was no. like, I literally turned it off minutes before bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need zombies chasing you through your sleep. 2019 was a particularly stressful year for me. I had some very difficult clients and I did not realize until the beginning of 2020 when I was talking to a good friend, I told her I felt like my stress had an appetite of its own because I had a second belly. I'm just going to be totally honest here. Like I gained weight in 2019. Like I couldn't even believe, even though I was eating far less. And she said to me, well, Kim, it does. Cortisol. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. It had never occurred to me. So I can't say that the weight has been falling off. I'm working on that. But I have actually, to get everything back together and get everything back on track, like I have actually enlisted my 14-year-old son, who is a total jock in every single way, to hold me accountable for exercising on a daily basis. I've told him, you need to ask me if I've exercised today. And if I say no, then I owe you $5. But if you don't ask me, that's not my responsibility. I'm not going to tell you no. So if you want $5, you better ask. So last night he asked. Yesterday, in full admittance, was the day that I came up with this idea. So (laughs) I actually, I did ask him because he's in traveling soccer and he's in track and he does a lot in the weight room and has guided exercises that he learns from his coaches. I asked him, hey, show me some good core exercises. So he and I, and then my three littles who are five-year-old twins and a six-year-old, we were all on the floor last night doing core exercises. And I got out of paying five bucks. Nice. (laughs) That's a great strategy. I love it. Five bucks is going to hurt me. And he's going to love the Starbucks that you can go get with his friends. I would rather keep the five bucks and not have him up until 4 a.m. because he's getting Starbucks. Right. I also found that journaling right before bed started to help me rather than walking dead, just getting all my thoughts, any of those ideas that I had for what I needed to do the next day, what I was grateful for in this day. One of my coaches taught me how to have a forward gratitude practice, like what I'm grateful for in the future that I know is coming. Oh, nice. It's not here yet. So just by journaling all of that at the end of the day, that helped so much. Because now it's not in my head swimming around. I have it documented. I'm not worried about losing it and I can go to sleep. Yeah, definitely. That's a great thing to do before bed. For me, I like meditating, but it's kind of the same thing. It's just letting those thoughts run through your head and and not following them. And that helps me sleep better at night and not wake up, you know, with your thoughts racing at that three and four AM hour. Absolutely. Now I'm curious, you said that you were trying to go to bed 
too early. When were you trying to go to bed? When do you go to bed now? And what have you found to be your sweet spot for sleeping hours? I go to bed around 10 p.m. now and wake up around 6, maybe a little after. So I'm, you know, I definitely like a good eight hours of sleep usually. Uh And before I was trying to go to bed at like 9, 930 because I wasn't sleeping, (laughs) you know, so I was exhausted. Like I felt absolutely exhausted, but then I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. Right. I laugh now because my sister and I used to joke behind my mom's back when we were young because mom would tell us that it was bedtime at eight o'clock, even when we were 16, 17, 18. Okay, uh, I'm yeah. in bed. We're like, why? Because I'm tired. <laughs> so I'm 17. You seriously think I'm going to go to bed at eight o'clock? What do you think I am? Four? So, but now as parents, oh my gosh, I know my sister and I are probably on the same wavelength as, as mom was back then. Hallelujah, the kids are in bed. Are they sleeping? Yes. Okay. I can go to sleep now too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But teenagers definitely get, they have a later circadian rhythm. And so they are not going to be sleepy at eight o'clock at night. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should so not even be admitting this. One of my kids came home from school earlier this week with pink eye. And because he couldn't go back to sleep for 40, or he couldn't go back to school for 48 hours, he took it upon himself to believe that that means it's weekend and he can stay up as late as he wants. So it's 2 a.m. and he's playing video games and shouting in the Discord. We're like, what are you doing? Go to bed. Like, we understand that pink eye is not the flu, but this isn't a free pass to just make it a weekend for you and everybody else in the house. Right. His brother, another teenager, was right down the hall. I have friends who live in other parts of the country. I mean, I'm in Ohio where my teenagers get on the bus at 630 in the morning and are out of school by 215. So, I mean, I'm also in farm country. So there's a lot of kids, you know, who go and assist on farms and such, or they have jobs or they have sports. And I know that's the same around the country, but I know that in some other areas of the country, they've actually flipped the starting time for the high schoolers with the elementary schools. Yeah, because of those changing patterns. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, my town, Jackson, Wyoming, is has one of the latest high school start times in the country. Really? And what they, time is that? I think it's nine. I'm not sure because wow. I have a three-year-old. But oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it's definitely after eight, I would say between eight and nine. And But they found that it's made such a big difference as far as uh, test scores and, you know, kids being able to concentrate and everything. Because that you know that's how important sleep is for learning and remembering things and and everything. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, my fourteen-year-old told me last night that he's planning on getting a job this summer. And they asked him where McDonald's will hire fourteen-year-olds. Apparently, in our town, I'm not sure about that. But then I started thinking about it. So, if he keeps his job through the school year, he's got school. You know, starting before the sun rises. Then he has whatever sports practice because he'll be a freshman in the fall. So he'll basically have practice year round. And then he thinks he's going to fit a job in there and homework. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. No. So I'm trying to impress upon him. You know, I understand that you want to make money. You want to save for a car. You're going to be driving soon. I get it. But you have to make a choice because just because you 
think you can do everything doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Period. Definitely. Yeah. I would rather have him come home, do some chores, and I pay him. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think just the the outside authority means more to him because he, yeah, that's a whole nother story. Good luck with that when you're. <laughs> yeah. When, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are you most excited about in your business in the months ahead or in the year ahead? Well, I've been, you know, I've been doing lots of cool podcast interviews like this and speaking engagements and really just trying to spread the awareness about how important sleep is and also give people the hope that if they haven't been able to sleep, that we can figure it out. You know, like I just believe that we are all meant to sleep well. Yes, there are some very rare sleep disorders that literally keep people from sleeping, but for the most part, you know, our brains, our bodies need to sleep. And so it's just a matter of figuring out for someone who hasn't been able to sleep for decades, like there's something physiologically going on that's keeping them from sleeping. And so we can find that and turn that all around. So that's just really exciting for me is to help people like that in such a big way. Martha, thank you. Because one of the things that I've been saying on the show and to anybody who will let me say it lately is my goal is to get business owners away from their business and back into bed. And at first eyebrows raise. Yes, I have five kids. I know what happens in bed sometimes, but that is not my goal here. Like I seriously <laughs> want to get people through what I do, which is marketing automation. I want to get them away from their I want the laptop to close. I want them to enjoy dinner with their family. In 2018, I had dinner with my family 10 times. Wow. Because I was always at my desk. So my goal is to to have people shut down their computer or just close it up, put down their phones and get into bed without any of them and sleep. I need to throw this out there. This is totally TMI. But for people who are having trouble sleeping already, I had to let my husband know that when I am sleeping and it's three o'clock and you're just coming to bed, that's not a good time to wake me up because you want some. I am sleeping and I need my sleep. So, and I'm sorry, I know that's TMI, but we have to, we have to put those boundaries up on all parts of our life, whether it's telling clients, don't text me before this hour of day. Don't text me after this hour of day, whether it's telling our significant other, these times are okay, unless it's a weekend and I'm still awake. That is yeah. totally acceptable. Like building boundaries took me 40 years and I'm kicking my butt now that it took me that long. But often building those boundaries isn't as offensive to everybody else as we thought it would be. We're, we're overly concerned that they won't like us when in fact, they have more respect for us because we've asserted what we need. Exactly. I love how you're all about that. It took me, yeah, it took me 40 years and I'm 41. So <laughs> I'm still giving it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, where can listeners find you online, connect and get to know more about you? Yeah. My website is thecompletesleepsolution.com. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Complete Sleep Solution. And I also have a Facebook community of smart sleepers called Sleep Well, Live Well. And I would love if anyone wants to join that. I go live in there every week and talk about all things related to sleep to help people get the sleep they need. 
Absolutely love that. Listeners, all those links will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP678. Martha, this has been absolutely amazing. I so appreciate what you do. Thank you. You are a gift to the world. And regardless, listeners, of whether you're rolling your eyes right now because you feel like people who sleep are lazy, no, they're not. You will learn someday. And I'm sorry, but I don't want you to learn someday the hard way. So just give yourself grace, close your laptop, turn off your phone right now and go to bed. Martha, thank you so much. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? I would just say to prioritize sleep, exactly what you're saying, and to get help if you are having trouble sleeping. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.